you know, we've got two guys that have come through the program. They're kind of our headliners, Cliff Lee's one of them. He won a Cy Young Award. I pitched in the big leagues for a long time. And then Corey Dickerson, the current big leaguer with Pittsburgh, uh, just won a gold glove and was all-star last year. Well, I tell you guys, there's no magic pill or magic wand I can wave over them. It comes down to consistent work ethic. And so it's something they're going to have to do every single day and hold them accountable. Instead of so many times you can just do some cage work this time of year and they're just kind of punching the clock and going through the motions. If you're measuring it, it forces them to, to swing with some intent because they've all got pride and they, they don't want to embarrass themselves in front of their teammates. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we're here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Rapsodo. Measure to master. Rapsodo brings powerful insights into every pitch. They help players and coaches improve their performance through real data. On this episode, we sit down with Dylan Suddeth, head coach of Meridian Community College. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here's Coach Suddeth. Welcome back to the Farm System. We're here with Dylan Sadath, head coach at Meridian Community College. Coach, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us here at the Farm System. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, Coach, you know, big reason we wanted to have you on again, continuing with our holistic look um, at the game is that definitely at the community college level. Um, again, I played there personally myself, and uh, Bo's always asking me different perspectives on on the game at that level. So, you know, having you on and sharing some of those perspectives is going to be great for us and our listeners. Yeah, glad to do it. Yeah, I've spent I've spent fourteen years in college baseball, and twelve of them have been at the junior college level. So, uh, if anybody knows about it, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. And as we kind of, before we kind of dive into some of that stuff, coach, um, do you mind giving our listeners a little background of yourself by taking them through your journey to get to this point in your career? Sure. So I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. I went to Madison Central High School. Uh, Left there and went to Meridian Community College, where I'm currently coaching. Played there for two years. I was an infielder. And then finished up at Southeastern Louisiana. Is a great program, Division One program down in Hammond, Louisiana. Played two years down there, and then I uh, immediately got back into coaching. I got into coaching and um, got hooked up back at MCC and spent uh, five years as an assistant coach and about to start my seventh season as head coach. That's awesome. Well, you know, Coach, you know, a big thing when we, we dive into this is one thing that we like to look into. You know, when you look at your school and you look at Meridian – what, what sets your school apart from other schools in the nation? Yeah, well, our tradition kind of speaks for itself, and it goes way back, way before I got there um, with big leaguers and 
uh, junior college world series appearances and conference championships and guys moving on to the sec and division one baseball um so i think the tradition of the of the program really separates it you know we've got two guys that have come through the program um that are kind of our headliners cliff lee's one of them he won a cy young award uh, pitched in the big leagues for a long time and then Corey dickerson's a current big leaguer with pittsburgh uh, just won a gold glove and was an all-star last year. Um, so those two guys kind of have shown if you come to ready and work hard, then, then you can play this game at the highest level. Yeah, man, you guys are turning them out pretty consistently there. And uh, part of that's, you know, developing them. But part of that is also finding them during the recruiting process. Can you kind of open up the recruiting process for you guys, kind of what player you look for and, and what type of guy uh, you target at Meridian? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and a lot of that done by my assistant coach, Justin Brewer, who does an awesome job of turning over every rock and, and finding guys that kind of slip through the cracks for whatever reason. And, and does, a, does a good job of finding guys that um, are fit for us, too. So, you know, there might be something they're short on for a Division One school or you know, maybe academics are an issue with some of them. Um, but there's a lot of other qualities that, that coach sees in them and gets them in the program. They work hard. And, and uh, turn himself into a really good player. Yeah, and then once you guys get those players, um, how do you guys approach uh, player development within your program? Uh, well, I tell you guys, there's no magic uh, pill or magic wand I can wave over. It comes down to consistent work ethic. And so it's something they're going to have to do every single day. Um, do something to get yourself a little bit better that day. And so it's not going to come all in one, one day. Um, it's going to take work um, and consistent work. And you get to a point where you look back over two or three months, like freshmen we got now, got into our program in August. We're middle of November, and just the stride they've made um, without even really knowing it until they look back and go, man, I have come a long way. You know, my stroke's gotten so much better. I've gotten stronger. I'm actually learning how to play the game. Um, we talk about the mental game a lot with our guys. And so it's just a process where they have to work every day, learn what it takes to be a good player. And once they get into the program and see that, then our sophomores can can model that, and they see what it takes to not only turn themselves into a good player, but also a good teammate. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of wanted you to go back and touch on something you mentioned in the recruiting question. Being down there in Mississippi, you're around some pretty big powerhouses. How tough is it to find some of those talented high school guys that haven't committed to some other schools? Yeah, it is difficult. Uh, you're exactly right. Not only with Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Southern Miss right here, in our backyard, but right in the heart of SEC country. Alabama's not 90 miles from us and, and so on. So, yeah, it, it can be tough. But you also have 14 other junior colleges in the state that are, that are recruiting the same guys you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where you really got to do your homework. I think a lot of it comes back to relationships with high school coaches or summer ball coaches and, and um, them knowing the type of players we like and also the type of people we like. Yeah. Appreciate you opening that up for us. And now obviously you've had success developing guys, like you mentioned, and sending them off. Can you kind of walk us through um, what a day of practice looks like for you guys? Yeah. Uh, so they'll be in class until 1220. They'll get something to eat. We'll have early work every day at 2 o'clock. Um, and the early work is something specific for each position group, whether you're talking infielders, catchers, outfielders, pitchers, so on. And – so the early work is going to go 30, 45 minutes starting at 2 o'clock. And we'll get into our you know, pre-practice meeting, what kind of we're doing for that day. 
and then get into a team stretch and then a throwing program where they're not just warming up but actually um, focused catch play, long toss if they need to that day. And then we'll split off the position players. We'll go into base running, giving those pitchers more time to finish their throwing program. And also I like doing a base running at the beginning of practice because they seem to be a little more focused during that time. It just shows the importance we want to put on that part of the game. Um, then following base running, we'll get into our drill series each day. Most days we like to include the pitchers in that. So we do a couple different variations of that. We can do what we call a PFP drill series, which would be getting over the right side, three ones covering first base, three six three covering first base. Comebackers alternating with a shortstop and second base, turning the double play, uh, bump plays to the right side, excuse me, to the left side, third base side, and then a squeeze play. Um, and then following that, we'll go into some team D for that day, just like everybody in the country does, first and third, fly ball communication, uh, bunt D, whatever it is that day. Hit two of those each day. And then we'll get into some type of game-like setup. So whether that's like a coach pitch L screen game, uh, what we would call play situations where we set up situations, uh, runner at first, hit and run, runner at second, move them, um, whatever, whatever it might feel like doing that day. And that's game-like. So um, the rollaway's off the field. The, uh, all the screens are off the field. We split them up in two different teams. We're diving. We're sliding wide open. So we want to replicate that as best we can every day. Then we'll get into um, our BP, um, where we'll have a group hitting live on the field, a group getting live reads on defense, a group base running, um, and then a group in the cages with a coach. And once we get through all that and it's fast paced, it's wide open, it's structured, um, then it will be done for the day. And most of the time the guys will get some extra work in too. So that's our basic practice plan. Obviously it could change from, from day to day and the time of year and things like that. But that's kind of the structure we like to follow. No, awesome. Yeah, thanks for opening that up for us. And when you guys uh, when you guys go into, I know a big question that we like to ask all the time too as well, when you guys structure a BP when it comes to what those rounds look like, could you open that up for us? Yeah. So most days we're going to go into a situational or what we call a fundamental round, uh, bunt, hit and run, move them, uh, infields back, couple of us work in the middle of the field or the opposite field. Um, and then the next round, we probably a two-strike round. I'm just kind of spitball off the top of my head. A two-strike round, we work on two-strike approach. And then working uh, the next round, middle of the field. And then the last round, we usually let them plus count, um, trying to get the head out a little bit. Man, that's awesome. And now when you definitely look into what's going on and how the game is moving forward, um, how, do you, how does Meridian utilize technology to develop their players? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's becoming more and more available and accessible or affordable at our level each year. So I know Rapsodo is something that's, uh, affordable that, that we can use and hopefully we can get into our budget for next year. Uh, we also use uh, blast motion bat sensors, especially this time of year when we're really in the cages and off the field. You know, the blast motion sensor, or you can even use a radar gun to just get exit velocity. I like it because it forces the players um, to swing with some intent and hold them accountable. Instead of so many times you can just do some cage work this time of year and they're just kind of punching the clock and going through the motions. If you're measuring it, it forces them to to swing with some intent because they've all got pride and they, they don't want to embarrass themselves in front of their teammates. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like it. 
and I think as the years go on, it's going to become more and more affordable for for teams at our level with our type of budgets to get, you know, TrackMan or something similar to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, like you mentioned, it's going to become more and more prevalent and hopefully it becomes less expensive because it's going to be a need in most programs across the country. Mm-hmm. Now, as you mentioned, uh, you spent some years as an assistant coach before uh, getting the head job there. Can you kind of open up what that transition was like for you going from assistant coach to head coach? You know, you always think you're ready because I, I was fortunate as assistant coach. I worked for some guys, one of those being Chris Curry, I think I had on recently, um, that allowed me to coach, you know, allowed me the autonomy and the freedom to coach. And so the actually coaching the baseball part of it was probably the easiest transition. It's the things you don't do as an assistant coach that you can't, um, you can't replicate it until you actually are in that head chair, which is dealing with budgets, fundraising, making the final decisions on, on discipline, um, dealing with administration, alumni, um, parents. So all of that is an adjustment, but you know, it's something that, uh, but I think you could do just like anything else once you get more experience making those decisions on a daily basis. Yeah, part of being a head coach at the junior college level is having those relationships with Division One coaches across the country. Can you dive into how you've gone about building those relationships and how important have those been for you? Yeah, a lot of the relationships I got come from guys that I either played under or coached with. So uh, Chris Curry's one of my best friends in the game. He's Arkansas Little Rock. Um, Chad Kai, who I played for for actually four years so he coached me at junior college for two years and then also at southeastern louisiana for two years he's a recruiting coordinator down at southern miss one of the best recruiters in the country um you got seth Thibodeau, who does an unbelievable job down at nickel state in louisiana I played for him at southeastern as well um mike federico who's at the university of louisiana monroe doing a great job in his second year at that program he coached me my first year of junior college um, and then Meridian's got ties all over all over the southeast in the country. Scott Berry, the head coach at Southern Miss, uh, was a former Meridian coach. Um, Lane Burroughs, coach at Louisiana Tech, former Meridian player. Um, so all those guys have been awesome to to bounce things off of as as a head coach and also um, recruiting your players too. That's interesting. And then you know when you look back at all these years. Um, and you really look into it, you know, what has changed in your coaching style, um, you know, as you developed as a coach? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's just getting more comfortable in your own skin and being yourself, um, which is easier said than done as a first time head coach. Cause you don't want to make any mistakes. You want to do everything right. Um, so I think I've relaxed a little bit. Uh, I'm still, still going to coach my guys hard. Um, but also you want to let them know that you love them. You care about them off the field. Um, no matter no matter what they do for you on the field. So your your love for them is not based off of, you know, their production on the field. It's the type of person they are. Um, so I think I've grown in that aspect, letting my assistants do more. I think I've grown in that, dealing with administration, um, fundraising, um, all those things we talked about earlier. I think the more you do that, the more times you have to make those decisions, the more comfortable you get and you learn from the mistakes that you made when you were younger. Yeah, I think part of the battle that you mentioned there is oftentimes when you first get into coaching, you're you're so close in age to some of the players, it's hard to um, kind of create that line 
Considering that, what piece of advice do you have for young coaches in creating that line of separation and maybe speeding up that maturation process? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a double-edged sword for a young coach because the, the positive is you, you should be able to relate to those kids pretty well because you're close to their age, you listen to the same music they listen to and things like that. What you have to be careful of and what you need to make sure you do of as a young coach, first-year coach, second-year coach, is that there is a separation, that you are going to hold them accountable and that you are their coach, you're not their buddy, and that you're there to make them a better baseball player and a better man and don't cross those boundaries, you know? You know, one thing you can do as a a young coach as well that I wanted to add is just that, you know, as a young coach, what you can do is you can kind of be a resource for your coaches as well. You know, you can kind of use that relationship that you kind of you have, again, being a younger coach and you can relate with the players and you kind of know what they're going through. You can use that as a resource for the coach uh, to, again, guide kind of some of his decisions, kind of help him know some insight that he doesn't previously had um, and use that as a a way to funnel up information. So um, it's a great resource and it's kind of wanted to add that for for young coaches as well yeah no question and and i'm not some old coach you know i'm only 33 years old but they're still you know they're listening to music i don't listen to you know they were listening to uh, migos the other day in the clubhouse and i thought migos was <laughs> one dude migos <laughs> is a group you know <laughs> and they, they they start dying out laughing even my assistant coach you know so maybe i'm getting to be an old coach but yeah i think there's I think the players can just naturally feel more comfortable opening up to somebody closer to their age than the guy who's got the title of the head coach. And I think that's important as a head coach to communicate that with your assistants, that you do want them to, the players to feel super comfortable talking to them about anything, but you also want to make sure those assistants don't become buddy-buddy with them. Um, so it's a fine line, you know, but like you said, I think it is a great strength as a young coach that you can relate to your players. Yeah, man, that's awesome. You know, when you look into this again and you, you look over what's been your best resource to develop yourself, what would you say that is? That's a great question. Um, I'd say just old school talking to people who've been there and done that. So picking up the phone or going to work their camps and talking to coaches or talking to um, people who maybe where you want to be and picking their brain and not acting like you know everything. But, you know, why is a great question. You know, why do you do this? Or why do y'all do that? And, and asking questions and being curious and and things like that. Uh, and then I think there's more information out there than ever if you want to find it. You know, just get on Twitter and you can find – it can be information overload, honestly. But I think the best way to do it is to talk to people, um, whether face-to-face or pick up the phone and call them and tell them, look, I'm a young coach and I'm wanting to learn this or learn that and bounce off ideas off those guys that have been there. Yeah, and building off the development we've touched on, Part of being a head coach is uh, developing those assistants and preparing them for their opportunities in the future. Uh, you opened it up a little bit earlier, but how do you really work to develop those guys on your staff? Here's some advice that I got from John Cohen a long time ago when he was still in coaching. Was As a young coach, find one aspect of the game and try to become an expert in that, whether that's infield play, outfield play, pitching, the swing, um, team offense, short game offense. Um, something, even strength and conditioning, you know, find something that you can kind of funnel yourself towards, become an expert in that, and kind of market yourself that way. And then you're not a mile wide and an inch deep, um, so to speak, that you all got some depth to you when it comes to this aspect of the game. I think that was great advice. 
Well, and you know, when you look at when you look at different parts of the game and look at uh, where the game's headed, uh, what are some what what do you when you look forward? What do you think the game's going to be here in five years? Like, how do you think the game looks? How does the landscape change? Uh, what what are, what are your thoughts on that? I can tell you this: I'm out here working at camp, and there's some uh, minor league guys here working it with us. We were just shooting the bull before we got started, and they were talking about the analytical side of it and all this science things coming into the game and um, I think that's great and they think it's great too but there's got to be um, a blend of it you know where you're getting the information but you have to also teach the players how to use that information and how to use that measurement um, or they don't care because all the player cares about is producing on game day right and uh, so if they're getting all this information like some organizations are throwing out tons of stuff to these kids I mean I'm talking about these 21, 22, 23 year old kids that are working this camp with me, they don't know what it means, you know. So I think uh, the longer it's around, the more educated everybody's going to get on it because I think some people are scared of the technology and scared of the analytic side of it when they shouldn't be, you know. We should be able, we should be embracing it, but blending it with the human aspect of it too. No, I definitely agree, and I think that's going to be the next phase is educating the players on the technology. And uh, now as we move forward, you mentioned you guys have a pretty good class coming in. What can we expect from the Eagles this coming season? Well, we're young position player-wise, uh, which happens in junior college every year. We lost the majority of our lineup last year, so we're young position player-wise. They're talented. Um, they work hard, and they bought into our blue-collar culture and how we work and how we play. Um, so I think we'll be fine offensively. I'm really excited about where we are on the mound. Uh, returning some sophomore pitchers and bring in a couple of freshmen that can provide some depth to fight for a starting spot or a big roll out of the bullpen. Um, I think we'll be able to defend it even better than we defended last year. Um, so I'm excited about it. One thing you don't know is what everybody else has got. We can't control that. We just keep working and trying to get as good as we possibly can. And um, I do know, I do know that they're going to work. I do know that they care about it. Uh, I do know that they're great teammates. And so um, usually those teams, things work out for him. So we're excited about it. Love that. Well, appreciate you opening that up for us, Coach, and um, appreciate you taking some time to step away and hop on the call and share some information for our listeners. And if any of those guys would like to reach out and get in contact with you about anything you've covered today, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you can email me at d-s-u-d-d-u-t-h at meridiancc.edu. Or you can even call me or text me on my cell, 601-260-0437. Awesome. Well, Coach, thanks again. Thanks for uh, taking some time to give back to the game while you're already giving back to the game right now during your camps. Appreciate you. Yeah, glad to do it. Thanks for having me, guys. So awesome for Coach to jump on, uh, even though he's doing a camp and giving back to the game and spending some time with us. This call takeaway is brought to you by Quality at Bats. Don't forget to visit qualityatbats.com to further your mental approach to the game. Yeah, man, it was great to get Coach on the show. What was your biggest call takeaway, Joey? I think my biggest call takeaway, especially when I think about junior college, is how many guys you have coming in and out um, and how short of a time that is to not only develop players, uh, but then also, you know, spend time getting them to a better spot. So um, I think Coach, you know, a big thing that he, you know, really – I touched on and one thing that he you know really emphasized definitely at his level is just telling guys again that it is part of a process um it's not going to be today it's not going to be tomorrow it's going to be a process it's going to take you know daily 
you know, daily work to get better and better. And then again, you know, after you get that work, when you look at your summer work, and then you're going to see your progress. Um, I think too often, you know, we're kind of doing an audit and seeing where we're at too soon. Uh, and we don't realize how close we are, but we just need to keep working and uh, keep getting better daily. But how about you, Bo? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, biggest thing I took away is, you know, with the way the game is going with analytics and advancements, we can never overlook the networking networking aspect of communicating, uh, especially at that junior college level. You have to have a good network to get your guys out um, and to get them in and, and also to to have a good network for your opportunity to move on to a higher level of college baseball as a coach. So, um, you know, we, we, we can never overlook the old fashioned uh, uh, communication and networking in this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, guys, again, this is a great episode to share. Uh, definitely get some perspectives from uh, the junior college um, view of play there. It's again, a holistic view of what the game looks like from all these different levels and definitely great networking opportunities, especially for four-year coaches uh, to get some good players coming out of that program. So definitely want to connect there. Definitely want to share your insights from this episode. And again, guys, continue to reach out to us. Let us know uh, who you think we should have on guys that, you know, really impacted your lives. Um, Let us know about, you know, questions that you have about the episodes, things that you loved about the episodes. Uh, Make sure to wake your, your way over to our site. Got a whole bunch of resources on there for you guys. But, from us and our partners over at Rapsodo. Until next time, the farm system out.